Hello, and welcome to another edition of Forrester's CX Cast. Each week, we speak with an analyst from the customer experience team about their research or discuss a customer experience topic in the news. Along with my co host, analyst Diana Lawfer, my name is Sam Stern. You will hear both of our voices each week. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Forrester's CX Cast. This is Sam Stern, your co-host, joined, as always, uh, by my co-host, Diana Laufer. Hi, everyone. And we have a first-time guest to talk to us this week, uh, researcher Dylan Zarnicki. Hello, Dylan. Hey, guys. Dylan has collaborated with Tony Costa to write a new piece of research called Six Ways to Add Speed and Scale to Customer Insights. And Dylan, we want to ask you about that starting with um, why was this a problem? Why are speed and scale something that was lacking from customer insights? We've studied what companies do for customer understanding programs. Downey, you've written about that in your how to anchor your customer understanding. Thanks for that plug. <laughs> <laughs> and we know they're doing things like ethnography, quantitative surveys, design workshops. But the problem is a lot of these are long and they're expensive. Mm-hmm. And there are only a couple companies that we've interviewed that are really doing small, fast uh, ways to get at customer insights. Okay. So a lot of companies are collecting customer insights. They're challenged by the fact that um, they take a long time to gather. So you've seen a few companies that are doing it faster. Tell us about one of those. Pure Insurance. One of the great examples they have is they had a customer focus group. They called it a customer advisory board. And it was some of their most trusted customers and customers that they could go to when, for example, they had a new business opportunity. So there was a legal services firm that went to Pure and said, hey, we want to offer these new services to your high net worth customers. And they went to their advisory board and they asked them, we're going to offer you some legal services. Are you guys okay with that? Is that going to be useful? And they said, no, we don't need that. We're rich. We already have that. <laughs> That's not what we want you to provide us. Yeah. And so that was a business opportunity that they let go because of the fast reaction that they could have from their customers. Yeah. And, and I think the reason it was fast is because they had this advisory board that was already a standing group that they could go to, you know, as needed. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think a lot of companies are, are doing this from an online perspective as well. Like they have online communities mm-hmm. that they can go to regularly um, to gather insights on particular projects. So um, I think there's a way to do it sort of in person, like your example, Dylan, but also virtually um, as well. Yeah. And I'll expand it even further. Um, I remember when Maxie and I were working on voice of employee program research, um, a couple of the companies we talked to had standing groups of employees that were part of almost that sort of advisory board or focus group, an ongoing one, so that they could go back to them very quickly and ask additional questions rather than having to sort of figure out which employees to ask and gather them up and have to give them the context for why they were asking. They could sort of have this ongoing conversation. So I think I think there's a lot of applications for this type of approach where you make it that much easier to collect insights over an extended period of time. And that plays into one of the th- purposes of this report is not to say, oh, you should be doing these instead of ethnography or surveys. It's important that a company has almost a portfolio of methods. And with this report, we wanted to get at what are the fast and cheap, fast and scalable ways that some companies are overlooking because mm-hmm. a lot of them do spend time on longitudinal studies and 
uh, different types of focus groups. But this is one of the tools that is often overlooked. Yeah, I think that's an important point because whereas surveys will give you a lot of sort of trend data over time, you won't necessarily get that with these advisory boards. But if you need to make a decision in the next week, you can't very well necessarily go out to a large population and run mm-hmm. a survey. So you can do this instead. Right. Um, and I think that gets us to sort of the second part of your title, which is how to collect insights at scale. So maybe you could give us um, an example of a company that's doing that well. When getting insights at scale, one of the things we emphasize on the report is just being able to use technology to get at as many customers as you Mm. need to, Mm -hmm. because customers are there online and they're willing to provide their input in what new products they want, what developments they want to see. So Starbucks, for example, is a great example. They're my Starbucks idea website is basically a website where customers can, can go on, submit their ideas, other customers vote on it, and after a certain threshold of popularity, then that idea will be reviewed by Starbucks, and it can be a product or an experience, or it could even be a community initiative. Some of the hallmarks of Starbucks experience were generated from this site, like Wi-Fi in stores started here, and even the pumpkin spice latte. So whether you uh, love or hate some of right. these things that you associate with Starbucks, you have their customers and my Starbucks idea yes. to uh, thank or alternatively blame for that, right? <laughs> well, I, uh, you, you take the good with the bad, I guess, right? Free Wi-Fi is, is nice, um, but I am, I'll out myself as a pumpkin spice latte hater on that scale. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm typically against flavored coffee, but something about fall and the aroma of pumpkin spice just really calls me. I think we're we're finding a gender segmentation here. (laughs) (laughs) I have never even tried it. Um, But getting back to the topic at hand, um, I think you made an important point, Dylan, which is that that customers have always wanted to be willing to uh, give their input, but before we had technology platforms, it wasn't very easy or scalable to reach all of them. And now, because it's so easy to get to customers online, they can provide inputs in a much easier way. That, that one of the benefits is not necessarily going to customers and saying, we're testing this new idea, or we want to get a certain significance level of customers to make sure this is a statistically sound sample to make this decision. Some of it's just idea generation. Yeah. Because you only have so many employees, but if you can scale it out to however many customers you have, that's X many more ideas. One of the challenges I hear a lot from our clients is how do we bring customer insights, customer research into an agile development or design process where we're moving really quickly. Um, the timing of the sprint cycles doesn't necessarily allow for us to stop and do this intensive research. And both in terms of the speed and the scale side of these examples, right, the informality of some of the speed examples, the um, digitally enabled capabilities that are part of a lot of these scale examples, I think both would apply for how you collect insights in a um, development or design process where you don't have weeks or months to stop and, and collect that kind of research. So that's another sort of application, I think, for some of these insight collection methods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other thing I hear from clients is they don't know uh, how to go about reaching customers or they're too scared to call them up on the phone. And I think this report gives um, readers a bunch of different types of um, alternatives to calling up a customer on the phone Mm -hmm. um, where they can get just as sort of valuable insights. One of the things that we talk about a bit in the report, which probably seems even scarier to companies, is opening up data or APIs to customers Mm. and letting them tinker with your customer data, as long as it's anonymized, Mm -hmm. um, as we saw BBVA has done. Or if your product is designed around letting customers get into the API and create their own uses for it. 
Yeah, and I think that's where a lot of the value add comes today. I mean, we wouldn't be walking around with iPhones if Apple hadn't opened up their app store to everybody. Mm, right. And so from a brand perspective, there's a there's a lot of opportunity to grow your community that way if you're willing to make that leap. Dylan, this is your first report where you're an author uh, mm. that's on the website. Uh, you've obviously worked on a lot of research as a um, RA. Um, what is next in terms for you in terms of uh, writing? You'll see me on the byline for Harley's update to the report he wrote last year, How Does Customer Experience Drive Business Success? Mm-hmm. We're adding a couple industries in there and including our financial analysis to include 2015. Okay, so the, the update research is really around um, growing revenue, I think, right? Yeah. And then there's the other side of the equation, of course, the right. uh, increasing profitability, um, often through reducing costs. Yes. Yeah, I think that's that's interesting. And I think overall, in a customer experience business case, I, I think for when Harley first wrote that research, we sort of did think of it as like customer experience had a cost savings or maybe sort of a long-term, hard-to-quantify revenue-growing case. And he really tightened up that side of the equation. But coming back to the cost savings, um, and Harley's been talking a lot about it recently, the idea of reducing risk profile as well, right? Mitigating against, you know, whether it's regulatory uh, action because your customers hate you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in a lot of regulated industries, they are mandated to collect complaints and to keep complaints down, right? Great. Well, um, Dylan, thank you for joining us. Uh, We'll hope to have you back uh, on a future episode of CXCast as well. And listeners, if you are interested in reading Dylan's first report, it is up on the site and it is called Six Ways to Add Speed and Scale to Customer Insights. Thank you, Dylan, for joining. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in for another episode of CXCast. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's CX Cast. We'll post links to the reports we mentioned in the show notes for this podcast. And if you have questions or suggestions, please contact me at sstern at forrester.com. And remember, your customer's perception is your CX reality.